when your children reject the Christian faith that you've raised them with, it's a crisis. Today on Bridges, we're going to talk about the parental challenges and all the things that go with it of prodigal children. I'm Monica Schmelter, and I'm so glad that you could join us for Bridges today. We're talking about a really complex issue and a crisis for many, many families when children abandon the faith that they were brought up with, what to do, how to do it. So joining us to shed some light on this really hard subject is Lane Lawson Craft. Now, she is an award-winning author. Her podcast is Warfare Parenting, and I think even more than all the things that she knows and that she penned in her book, A Parent's Battle Plan, I think, is that she had three prodigals in her family, her children. Uh, That's just really hard. So she can tell us really how it is. Lane, the moment that you knew, right, that you kind of understood, like that moment that a parent's like, oh my goodness, this is not going well. What is the initial reaction like? Wow. I think originally shock. Mm-hmm. I was like, my child? Mm-hmm. My child did that and did nothing? Um, shock, anger, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even a sense of resentment for the child because you're thinking, I've sacrificed everything. <laughs> everything in this family was done for you children. Mm-hmm. So I would believe most parents could understand, and grandparents again, yes. that what a shock when you find out that the child that you have reared in faith and you're living the life, you know, you're trying to do all that God's asked you to do. Uh, of course, we all make mistakes, of course, but, you know, we all are trying to do our best. And that original, when that first child, because I had three, yes. uh, made terrific bad choices, uh, the utter shock was yeah. uh, unbelievable. Yeah, And I think... For most of us, that would be, right? Because we're clicking along well. And then when it doesn't, you're kind of like, no, this can't be happening. And I I sometimes think that initial numbness, like God's grace is just surrounding us because it's a lot to process. It's a whirlwind, right, of emotions. It's anger, resentment, um, why and how, right? Right. And And the greatest thing I can say looking back is... It's, it's how we respond that really dictates the, the journey thus far, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm saying to a parent, uh, I learned the hard way. I used to get the phone call or hear about the wrong de- self-destructive choice, and I would panic. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Monica, my stomach, it really takes that really hard. So I would immediately panic, then have an upset stomach. But what after years of being with prodigals, what I learned through God's grace was when you first get that horrible news or that phone call, you just stop and pause Mm -hmm. and you say, God, you're not surprised because he is a sovereign God. And then I say, God, I'm going to pray one second and say, show me what to do. Monica, that changed everything. For me and for the children. And you're saying you learned the hard way. I did. Right? Because there's not a lot out there. No. Like now we have your book, The Parents' Battle Plan, right? But there's not a lot out there for when this happens. That's right. Or if it happens. That's right. And of course, I think any loving parent would be shocked and go into crisis mode. And I know that I certainly felt that way. Like, what am I going to, like, uh, right? But 
the right answer is to pause, to take a deep breath, to say, you know, God, what do, what do you want me to do? Like, what is my part in this? Because um, I think a lot of parents might want to fix, right? Rescue, um, do what we can to save our child. Right. Does that work? Well, let me tell you, <laughs> uh, it did not work. Um, you know, we hate the word boundaries. Yeah. For some reason, we yeah. all just rebel. But listen, boundaries are healthy parenting. One of the things that I know in my personal life with my eldest prodigal, uh, we did not have adequate boundaries. Matter of fact, I look back and we probably enabled a lot of wrong choices because why is a kid going to change his ways if you're still paying the gas for him to ride around, uh-huh. put money in his bank account for mm-hmm. him to go buy the drugs mm-hmm. or the alcohol? Mm-hmm. So again, I had to learn it the hard way. One of the reasons I wrote this book, Monica, was when I was in the truest battle for my children's lives, mm-hmm. there wasn't anything contemporary that somebody said, listen, this is what I did from a spiritual mindset right. to bring your prodigal home. So that is the value of the book is that I tried to pin what I wish I would have known in that battle. Right. So back to these boundaries, you know, my own eldest son, I mean, until we started cutting the wonderful uh, accessories to his life. You know, there are privileges. We need to show our children. There are privileges and then there are necessities. Right. Let me get what I'm saying. We are, as parents, required to give them food, yes. water, <laughs> shelter. Those are necessities of life. Mm-hmm. But these cars, these gas bills, the uh, mm-hmm. credit cards, um, all of these, even sports, these are luxuries. Yes. You earn luxuries. Wish I would have known it sooner, right. but as soon as we started closing in his world, no, we're not buying your gas. No, we're not giving you any more cash because you're not making clear, good choices. That's right. That's Why right. are we going to do this? Right. So I hope that helps somebody today. Listen, if you don't, you have everything to lose. Yes. I yes. was funding my child's drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I hope someone hears this. It's not that you're being mean or trying to be controlling as a parent or grandparent. You are actually giving them loving boundaries. Hey, isn't that what God does? Absolutely. I mean, he didn't give us all these rules to be a mean God. He gave them so that we would be in boundaries and have a life of abundance. And, you know, we're talking about emotions and the whirlwind of emotions. And I think to also say to parents, so if you have to make the money dry up, right, if you have to do that, Please don't expect your child to be excited about it, yes, right? Because yeah. that could cause problems in the home with maybe them yelling or screaming or being mad. Right, right. Well, you know, the biggest thing I also tell parents about this anger and all that, two things. Give God room. Mm-hmm. I think we want to step in. Yes. Again, let's absolutely. go back to the rescue. I was the number one rescue mom. I wanted to make their lives not as difficult right. after they made these poor choices. But sometimes, now let me ask you this, Monica, do people make changes if everything's going right? No. Right. No, they do not. So why are we doing that with our children? Mm -hmm. So yes, it seems odd that you would make them suffer or maybe endure a night in jail. Mm. I mean, none of us want our kids to spend the night in jail, Monica. I've been there. Yeah. But sometimes that's what it takes to turn it around. Right. Do you see where I'm going? I do. I do. Because if they don't experience the weight of the consequence, they may not be motivated 
to change. And you experienced the night in jail, but the thing is if you, not you personally, but the prodigal <laughs> yes, did. Yes, yes. I might as well had though. Do you think I slept a wink? I do night? not. I, I do was not. worried to death they would beat him. Not. I mean, think about what mm-hmm. happens in jail. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't do that, and it went on. Years later, it could be prison, and it could be years. And so you have to think about that, too. Like, it's not just that immediate rescue. And of course, you didn't sleep all night. And I think that's part of the emotional part of it with the prodigal, is that not only are they making destructive choices, our lives are havoc as well. Yes. And, you know, it, it, it goes into the marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve and I at times would be at each other's throats because mm-hmm. here we are both entrepreneurs trying to pay the bills. And now we've got these children that don't just make one self-destructive choice and get in trouble. It's all the time, Monica. Mm-hmm. So, again, it affects everybody. The pace of the home is completely transformed when you have total disobedience. Right. It's just crazy. And somebody in the house has to stay calm. Yes. And it has to be the parents. Yes. Right? It has to be the parents that we're calm, we're trusting God, we're not allowing this to go any further. Like, if you do that, it's not with my money. Right. Right. You do. You have to start strategizing. That's why it says warfare strategies, Mm -hmm. right? It's a a strategic. Now, listen, remember, these are lures from the world, dark world that our kids are being bombarded with. And it's they're the minority. These kids that are coming from these faith based homes. I mean, remember, we we're trying to do something that's very counter cultural. Absolutely. So and they're young. Yes. Right. Even if it's somebody in their 20s, yes. even in their 30s, they're young. They don't have all of the experience yeah. that like we do. And they've got this culture that screams. Yes. Right. Yes. And so that's a hard thing, too. As we talk about emotions, let's talk about the guilt. Yes. Um, what do we do about our parental guilt? <laughs> well, first and foremost, I mean, it's an emotion. I, I love to say that God gave us all of our emotions. So, you know, I, I, it's okay. Feel it for a second. But if you stay in that guilt, it paralyzes you as a parent. Mm-hmm. Again, this is what I tell parents. Uh, for myself particularly, I've had to begin to physically lay my children's lives down at God's mm-hmm. feet. Jesus is at cross. Um, what I'm saying is I take that guilt. And I would absorb it a second and then say, Father, you know, I know I can't be in the car with Stephen every time he gets in it. I mean, can I go to college and ride in the back seat? No, you cannot. No, I mean, you, you could, but uh, yeah, but yeah, you're <laughs> so just not going to do you that. Start, you start in these strategies, you start saying, really, what what is effective? And guilt is not. Uh, you know, your kids are in an all-out assault from the dark. So what you can do, I love what you said, remain calm. Isn't that interesting that that's where I struggled, one of the greatest places? Because I would panic, Monica. And the Lord just taught me very kindly, pause and pray. And and to realize that there's no surprises with God. Right, right. Yeah. And I think the crisis mode, the panic, right? It's because depending on the prodigal, because there are prodigals who are not making self-destructive right, choices. Right. Well, I mean, walking away from the faith is self-destructive, yes. but you know what I mean? Yes. They're not necessarily drinking. Right. It's not necessarily drugs. It's it's something else. 
But if your kids are making those kind of choices, you're scared for their lives. lives. And remember, I used to have a prayer that I learned that my two boys were the ones that really were lured in the in the dark of the drugs and alcohol. My daughter was depressed. Mm-hmm. And so you touched on that. Her prodigal wasn't a self-induced. I mean, she was just feeling signs of depression. So, um, yeah, these these kids today, we must, what we must do as parents, don't feel guilt. Know that this is part of the new process and that we must just know that God is sovereign mm-hmm. and he will turn it around. Right. And because he is sovereign, like, and he knows like that all of that was going to happen, he also has equipped us to walk through it. Right. And we have to... Or I had to stay cognizant of that so that I didn't get resentful or scared or panicked, right? I had right. to be able to stick with it. We've got to take a break. I want you to stay with us, though. You're going to get a glimpse of Lane's kids and some parts of their story right now. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about all the emotional whirlwind of prodigal children. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. If you enjoy watching Bridges, you can join Monica on Facebook for all the extras. Just visit Facebook and search for Monica Schmelter TV. At Monica Schmelter TV, you'll get a look behind the scenes. You'll learn secrets from the studio. And you'll be among the first to know what's coming up next on Bridges. Best of all, you can connect with Monica for prayer and share what topics you'd most like to see on Bridges. Monica would love to connect with you. I almost died a hundred different times, probably. We were angry. I remember having my first drink. I'm living in a penthouse, party king now. Ecstasy, molly, mushrooms. I had a lot of demons. Acid, started getting into cocaine. Something drove me out. I was wrapped up in a sting operation. My wife would get scared of the phone ring. I'd say it was living hell. The closer we got to breakthrough, the more Satan would attack. That was really hard. discipline. And so when you're fighting that good fight of the faith, you take your story, whatever it is, and you saturate it in faith and you fight for it. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your next event. 
If you are just joining us on Bridges, I'm Monica Schmelter. I'm glad that you've joined us. We're talking today about prodigal children and all of the emotions that can go along with that guilt, shame, and really that affects the entire family. And Lane Lawson Craft is still with us. Uh, she's written a wonderful book, and she's a best-selling author, and she's got a warfare parenting podcast, and I'm just glad that she could continue to be with us so that we could talk our way through this to hope and to healing. So, Lane, you know, we talked a little bit about emotions, yes. you know, and the whirlwind, the guilt, yes. right, and all of the things that happen. This also impacts our entire family. Yes, it does. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, we, you know, when we're all wondering, what's the next thing that's going to happen? Right. Are they going to flip another car? You know, am I going to get that middle of the night phone call again? It, your patience is lower as Absolutely. A, I mean, again, your marriage is kind of, you know, mm -hmm. under a little stress. It, it really does change everything in the home. Um, so that, you know, I, as you were saying that, I think the greatest thing that we're doing today is bringing light to the darkness. Mm -hmm. So many of us as parents uh, kind of feel alone. Yes. We're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. uh, we're kind of confused because we're not supposed to have this guilt and right. shame and anger. Right. And so just, I feel like the Lord is saying, when we bring these issues to the light, Monica, that's, that's a lot of the battle right there. Right. We bring them to the light and really to say that we're standing together yes. in this, right? That we're standing together in faith because there are so many prodigals. Yes. There are so many people, parents, and like you said, I'm glad you did, grandparents yes. who are raising children who are thinking, yeah, but the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go and he won't depart. And they're like, but they departed. Yes. And, um, you know, people have all kinds of things to say about that. But what, I, what I've learned is exactly what you said. He's sovereign. He knows these things and he's equipped us to walk through it. Yes. Well, you know, I love to tell parents that God was the first prodigal parent. Mm. He had Adam and Eve, his children. He loved them so much. He gave them a garden. He gave them clothes and everything they needed. And he said, just don't eat of this tree. And what did they do, Monica? They, they ate, ate of the tree. <laughs> so, and I, then they lied about it. Yes, and hid. And hid like you can hide from God. But is that not a typical child? Yes. Isn't that what our children do? Absolutely. When they get busted, mm -hmm. they hide, mm -hmm. they deny, mm -hmm. they start making excuses. So what really brought me peace when I had all of these negative emotions was to know that God had been right there with me. He mm -hmm. felt betrayed. Yeah. His kids disappointed him. And so I have to say, Monica, there's nothing like a broken heart of a mom and dad, is yeah. there? No. I mean, no. it's universal. No. It doesn't matter where in the world you live. A broken heart from a child's mistakes and disappointments. Mm -hmm. uh, but God is right there. And when I realized, hey, God's not ashamed of me right. as a parent. He's helping me. That's when I really kind of changed my mode and started getting into the Word deeper, praying more. God, you've got to give me the wisdom. God, you've got to give me the strength. Yeah. You've got to get me where I don't respond so readily in anger. Mm -hmm. Or they could see, I'll never forget, Monica, my eldest prodigal at some point said, Mom, you just crushed me because you always seem so disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Monica, I wasn't disappointed in him. I was disappointed in these Mm-hmm. maybe life-transforming, self-destructive right. choices right. that he continued to make for 15 years. Yeah, and That's a long time. And the weight on a mother's heart of those years, right, adding up, adding up, adding up. And you talk about praying and you were in the Word because sometimes it takes a while for our prayers to get answered because yeah. some parents think, well, yeah, but, you know, I've prayed for two years and it's just never going to happen. Right, right. Well, you know, we are a fast food society. We are. We want to drive up into McDonald's, order those French fries and get them right away. Yeah. I don't want them to tell me to pull ahead and wait. Right. I want it right then. Well, I was very similar into waiting. God, where are you? Why aren't they? Mm -hmm. But listen, Monica, in all of those further years, let's use Stephen, because it was 15 years. That's when God was curating his message out of Stephen's mess. If I had usurped God, if I had tried to rescue Stephen and done things out of God's providence, mm-hmm. then out of my own selfish, like, you've got to get right quick, you exactly. know. Um, well, it's like, stop it, stop it, it, it is, right? It Just is. please stop, stop it. <laughs> please. But God was moving in that. And as I look back, I see that, that, you know, we all have a testimony, but it's through the test that we've endured. Yes. Some of us learn quicker. Mm-hmm. For some of us, it takes a long time. So I, I, I want to say to someone that's got a prodigal, and it's been years, don't give up. Right. Don't give up. I would say that today because God is moving. And when we get ourselves out of the way, it allows God room to move. Yeah. And you said it earlier, and it's so true. As long as there's breath, yes. there's still hope. Yes. So I, a parent never gives up. No. As long as there's still no. breath, there's hope because you just never know how God is going to work in our children's lives. But we know, right, that coming back to faith is God's will. It he is. says that he would, that none would perish. That's not his desire. So no a parental prayer, a heartbroken mom, right? A heartbroken dad petitioning the Lord, right? With your kindness, bring them back to repentance, right? Put laborers in their path, all the things that we think and pray. God is hearing that. And we, you know, as you share with your eldest prodigal, 15 years is a long time to live in heartbreak. It is, it is. And I also used to cling to a verse about that God gathers every tear. Mm -hmm. Because as mamas, we do cry a lot. I know Mm -hmm. that I did. Mm-hmm. I, I just was so heartbroken. Yeah. And I, I would think of the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we do. That's when, that's when we try to rescue them too early right. because we think, oh my goodness, they're going to make a choice that's going to land them in jail for a long time. Yeah. Or they're going to make this choice and maybe take a pill that has enough yes. grain of sand in it to kill them. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's a thing. Like that's a concern. It is. Right? Because we know with the opioid crisis and fentanyl, like we know that sometimes the kid or young adult or whatever doesn't even know what's in that pill. And so what they mean to be recreational or whatever that's about could absolutely kill them. Yes. And you know, I talk about rite of passage. I mean, we all go through rites of passage. Yes. And so, you know, we can't usurp that either, but the rites of passage today in the world we're living in, can be one choice can take you out. Absolutely. And we can't, as parents, live in the panic and the fright of that. I, I think acknowledging it, yeah, it's, a, it's healthy to acknowledge it. To live there, 
Um, then I think when I, when I hear you say that your eldest said you always seem so disappointed, disappointed. I think that they can see in our face that like we are disappointed yes. and yes. we've had enough yes. and we just want them to stop. And, um, sometimes it goes on longer than we'd like, Yes, but God does hear an answer. And I think that's important today because for 15 years, mm-hmm. I thought, is this kid ever going to turn around? Um, in those times, I love to say that's when the, in the meantime, that's mm-hmm. when the enemy comes in and mm-hmm. starts discouraging you mm-hmm. and saying, God's never come to his rescue. But I want to encourage anyone today with a prodigal that's been a long time. God is there. He's with you. Yeah. He's collecting your tears. Yeah. And just believe, stand and believe that some way God is going to reach that prodigal's heart and return them home. And, you know, I've thought many times about that scripture about how God holds our tears in a measure. So that's a really big measure. That means basket. And in those times that like I've been discouraged or praying for a long season, I look at that verse and I think how comforting that my heavenly father cares about my pain. He's not aloof. He's not distant. He's not angry. It's none of that. He is, he's close to those that are crushed in yes, spirit yes. and to the brokenhearted. Yes. And if we can allow that part to do its work, I think that's probably how you got to the place that you didn't live in panic mode anymore. Yes, that's exactly right. And, and you know, Jesus came, it says scripturally, for the brokenhearted, for the sick. Yes. Not for the people that are well and doing fine. That's right. So he said he came, he didn't come for the healthy, no. right? He came for the sick. Yes. He came to seek and save those that are lost. lost. He came for those who are willing to admit, right? I've messed up. Right. And really a prodigal is just a lost child, yeah. whether it's a mental illness, mm-hmm. whether it's self-destructive choices or negative emotions right. of comparison or depression or anxiety. I mean, they're just lost, Monica, right. in a very dark world. They, You know, they are. And there are also, you know, I have a friend. So I pray for prodigals every Wednesday. I have a special concerted time for that. And you know, her daughter is actually in her late 20s and she's very successful in her field. And so she's not, it's not drugs, it's not alcohol. She's just come to the place that she just doesn't believe that Bible anymore. Right. And so there's that too. Um, and of course, my friend and her husband are understandably concerned because n- we've raised our kids as best we could, right. you know, with the word and in church. And for them to turn their back on that, that's hurtful. Yes, but you know, I have a personal story that I was in my late 30s, Monica. I was a skeptic. I would hear these people talking about miracles and turnarounds and saw to Paul's. And I had a religious spirit on me. Mm-hmm. I, I was born in a very strict denomination. And so there was a lot of religion, zero relationship. Yeah. So when God rescued my husband and I, and resurrected our dead marriage after 17 years of a dead marriage, he became real, Mm -hmm. tangible. And I saw firsthand, I tasted and saw Mm -hmm. the miracles of God. So I think these young people today are desperate for that. Yes. They need to hear these stories Mm -hmm. of people that are real and say, my marriage was over, but God. Yes. My child was on cocaine, but God. Do you you see what I'm saying? So I think that's what we've got to do is continue in those circumstances, to give them room for God to move, but at the same time, start planting seeds of miraculous 
life transforming experiences right. with God. Because planting those seeds is what we can do, right? Yes. In the natural world. Yes. And then we wait on him for the supernatural because we don't have the capability to make that happen. Right. We just keep the door open and we keep praying and trust God to do the parts that we can't do. We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to stay with us because we've got more to say. I want to thank you all for joining us today on Bridges. The show notes will be up at bridgeswithmonica.com. Finding hope in today's life is not always easy. Bridges with Monica Schmelter is making it simple. You can now listen to podcast episodes on popular platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Life Audio, and more by searching for Monica Schmelter to find God's hope for your journey. Life can be hard and days can be long. So if you're looking for hope for the journey, monicashmelter.com is a great place to get started. On monicashmelter.com, you'll find Monica's teachings on demand. And if you're looking to really grow your faith, you'll find online extras are available with every teaching. So don't wait another day. Get started now at monicashmelter.com and you will find hope for the journey. If you've been praying about something for a long time and it looks like you haven't seen anything happen, it can be so easy to get discouraged and give up. Today's hope for the journey is don't give up. Remember the persistent widow. Read Luke 18.1 that tells us to always pray and never give up. If you are praying about something that aligns with the will of God, don't give up. God always honors his word and his promises in his timing and in his way. So if you are in that period of waiting, be encouraged and don't give up. I'll see you next time with more hope for the journey. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.